I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Off Topic Hot Topic, a bonus episode of the Hunting Seasons podcast. I'm Damask Leary. I'm Broderick Gordis. Are we having fun yet? Off Topic Hot Topic. That's whatever you were talking about for you. In case you don't know, Off Topic Hot Topic is where we talk about the headlines of the TV and entertainment world and discuss the stuff we've been watching, reading, playing, and generally consuming. You should also know that we love getting topic suggestions from our listeners, so if you'd like to contribute a question, topic, or story to Off Topic Hot Topic, you can do so by emailing us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or tweeting us at Hunting S Cast. This is going to be a pretty quick, fast and loose episode of Off Topic Hot Topic. We have places to be this week. Uh, for those who don't know, we'll be back next week with our review of The Great Season 2. Looking forward to mm-hmm. that. Let's get to headlines. Some announcements. The rumoured stars revival of cult comedy Party Down has officially been greenlit for six new episodes. To quote from T- Tatiana uh, Tenreiro. Tenreiro? Ten- Tenreiro. Never seen that last name before. Article from the AV Club. Rob Thompson returns as executive producer alongside uh, John Enbaum, Paul Rudd, Dan Etheridge, and Adam Scott, who also reprises his role as Henry. And speaking of the cast, fans don't have to worry about missing out on seeing many of their favourite characters again. Ken Marino, Martin Starr, Ryan Hansen, Megan Mullally, and Jane Lynch are reprising their roles. roles. One name that's noticeably ab- absent is Lizzie Kaplan, though. The actor... No. Hasn't released a statement yet on why she won't be returning to play Cassie, but getting most of the cast back is more than what fans were expecting anyway. She's likely not returning because she was just cast in Paramount Plus's Fatal Attraction series, which is a remake of the uh, Glenn Close and Michael Douglas film, which is interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> first, thoughts on Party Down coming back. Are you a fan of the original show? I was. Yeah, I watched it a billion years ago now. Oh, my God. God, um, I think I was in my early 20s when I watched that. Wow. Oh, boy. Um, and I enjoyed it at the time. Um, and obviously watching uh, everyone who was in that show go from strength to strength in terms mm-hmm. of the kind of opportunities they had. It makes a lot of sense to me that if someone had, you know, the rights to it, that they would probably want to bring it back. Um, I think it's got a lot of potential. So, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be checking it out. It's one of those sort of sitcom setups that has the potential just to return to it, you know, 10 years later, 20 years later, whatever. And you can still do a spin on it. It can still feel like it's not uh, a laboured return to this just for the sake of it. You think there's mm. there's room there? Uh, hmm. Well, I feel like because of the premise mm. um, and we're, we're coming back to it 10 years later... And if those people are still working in the party <laughs> catering business, it makes me go, how depressing is this show going to be? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, that should be interesting. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how they're going to handle that. It was going to be its own news article. going to bring up the Lizzie Kaplan cast as Alex, I think is the name of Glenn Close's character, um, mm. in Paramount Plus's Fatal Attraction series. 
No one else has been cast at this stage. Are you a fan of that movie? How do you feel about this casting? Is there something you'd particularly like to see in a Fatal Attraction series? I mean, I assume it's going to be kind of like a feminist update to it because mm. I feel like the premise is so of the time mm. um, and open for critique, although it is, you know, quite a fun thriller to watch. Um, it's like, a, yeah, a little time capsule um, of people's thoughts and opinions about women at the time. Um, so, yeah, I would assume that it will be updated. I'm not really interested in watching a show about it, though. Yeah. What if Michael Douglas's character was a woman, though? Uh, that also just sounds really depressing and scary. So, I, don't, <laughs> I mean, that's one of the reasons I haven't watched you is because like, I just can't get around that type of character. Sure. Ridley Scott has announced that in addition to the already announced Alien TV series he was producing, a Blade Runner series is in the works. He says the story outline is done for a 10-hour first season, but no details beyond that were given. Are you excited for a Blade Runner TV show? Broad, I'm so tired. I I just... I want to tell the world to stop. (laughs) Everyone just... Please stop making things that I've already seen. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I've already put in the hours and I've watched them and now I have to do, like, extra homework to, like, have a conversation about that particular topic. I just, like... One, I don't like the original movie Blade Runner. Hot take, hot take. Uh, I think it's boring and weird and not for me, thank you. I didn't like the the new one that came out, sure. I don't know, like five or six years ago. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I didn't like that either. So, no, Rod, I'm not excited about a 10-hour TV show that you and I will probably have to watch. Not necessarily. No, not necessarily at all. Mm. Um I'm not a fan of the original movie much either. I, I think it's ridiculously overrated. I think people mostly... I think what's what's iconic about it or is, is good about it in retrospect is its style. Aesthetic? which is Yeah, yeah. it's aesthetic, which totally. was incredible. And there's, I believe that was partly because there was a strike on at the time. So, there's all this time to put into getting the aesthetic right, the model mm. work, all that sort of stuff. And so, it looks spectacular. I think the story is particularly average and boring. And I don't think it's all that flash as a film. I did like the the sequel film by Villeneuve, though, and uh, I'd be interested in seeing more of that side of things. I think there was an anime, actually, that came out alongside that that I never watched. So, that suggests that I wouldn't watch that, actually. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's notable for fans of that genre, I guess. Mm. Uh, Interplay Entertainment is attempting to revive obscure mid-90s video game and cartoon series Earthworm Jim. Do you remember Earthworm Actually, Jim? now this I'm interested in. <laughs> this is... Yes, I remember. I can't remember if it was on PS1 or on my computer, but we had like, you know when you would get those demo CDs with like PC or PlayStation magazines? Yes, absolutely. Oh, I've like... missed demos. Yeah. Demo um, we had it, so we didn't play have the full game, but I had a demo disc with the Earthworm Jim game on it and i thought it was so fun he's so cute that the animation was great um 
Weirdly enough, I'm way more invested in that world than Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that reaction coming. Which I think honest. speaks to my taste levels. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's really perked me up. All right, here we go. <laughs> anyway, the announcement came with a with a, uh, a proof of concept video that you can check out. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's more of just like they were animating the character and they've got some unknown voice actor doing some lines. It is just proof, proof of concept. It's not meant to be representative of what the mm. show would be. Uh, there was a cartoon. The, the cartoon did exist. It was like yeah. a Saturday morning cartoon. It didn't yeah. have a lot of episodes. I think there was like three games in total of Earthworm Jim and a few like remasters and stuff along the way. It's sort of like, it does feel like we're finding the bottom, bottom of the barrel at this point though. Like <laughs> if we're getting to Earthworm Jim, guys, I think we might need to start just making some new stuff I don't again. Know. It, it seems like the cream of the crop to me, <laughs> but uh, another man's trash, you know? <laughs> uh, in what seems like a cruel... Twisting of the knife in an already dead victim, Netflix has placed a 10-episode order for a workplace comedy set in a blockbuster video store. Uh, set star Randall Park and created by Superstore writer Vanessa Ramos, who is also joined by Hanny, oh sorry, Happy Endings creator David Casp and writer of both Superstore and Happy Endings oh. Jackie Clark. What do you think mm. about this news, Damask? Um, yeah, okay. So when you first said that, I was like, no. And then you told me who was behind it. I mm. loved Superstore. That was one of my lockdown, like, binges. It made me so happy to watch Superstore. I was like, oh, my God, it's been so long since I've had, like, a new workplace comedy to watch. I was just, you know, re-watching the old classics. Um, I, As people should know by now, I fucking love Happy Endings. Yeah. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. Um. So I'll definitely be checking it out. I I believe in the people that are making it. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I'd love to know what era of blockbuster. I'm gonna guess be like yeah. Is this the last? Is it the dying store? days? Yeah. Or yeah. Mm. I hope it's the. I feel like we're going through a '90s phase at the moment. Mm-hmm. '90s nostalgia phase. We've got that '90s show coming out. Those sorts of things. I get the sense is going to be like the '90s, maybe VHS, just starting to transition to DVD. Back when it was still a big deal. Yeah. I think that's when it will be set. Um, but if not, yeah, the the people behind it is what's more interesting. Mm. I I'm sure I'll have some nostalgic appeal from it so i'm yeah. pretty excited to like step back into a video store to be honest with you so. i just want video stores to come back i know like, i agree i miss video stores mm-hmm. squid game creator huang dong huck ha- who we previously reported wasn't planning a second season of the hit netflix show now says season two is coming uh, quote from interview with the associate press there's been so much pressure so much demand and so much love for a second season so i almost feel like you leave us no choice but i will say there will indeed be a second season it's in my head right now i'm in the planning process currently i do think it's too early to say when and how that's going to happen so i will promise you this jihan will come back we will he, he will do something for the world are you excited for squid game season two which is now definitely happening I think any project that starts with I felt really pressured to do it <laughs> is going to be – it's going to come from a place of, like, really good storytelling. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, I thought Squid Game was fine, um, but for those that listened to our review, I didn't quite understand all the hype around it. I'm not super keen to watch a season two. I don't really care that much about the character. Um, so – yeah, I'm happy for people who are psyched about that news, but I'm not particularly. 
Popular manga and still ongoing anime series One Piece is getting a Western live action remake with Netflix announcing the core cast. I don't really recognise any of the actors, but I would just like to say to any One Piece fans, run. (laughs) After what we experienced with Cowboy Bebop, um, I'd like to throw out my condolences to any One Piece fans. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, That sucks for you guys. Marvel uh, had a bunch of announcements at Disney Plus Day. Uh, I think there, I, I believe there were Star Wars announcements too, but I forgot to get to them now I think about it. However, I'll quickly go through the main ones. We saw some teaser footage for Moon Knight starring um, Jason... No, not Jason Isaacs. I always get that wrong. Jason Biggs. No. Uh, <laughs> Oscar Isaac. My goodness. There we go. Oscar Isaac, She-Hulk, and Ms. Marvel. There was some teaser footage. Those are all coming next year, live-action mm-hmm. Marvel TV shows. Did you see any of those te- that teaser footage for any of those things? No, I am looking forward to She-Hulk and... Is it Ms. Marvel? Ms. Marvel, yeah. Yeah, Ms. Marvel. What's what's the... Let's say Moonlight. Moon, That's what Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Yeah. Um, it's kind of... I don't of, know much about Moon Knight. Yeah. So, we've I discussed it briefly before. I think the, like, the, the synopsis is Batman, but if he was schizophrenic. It's sort of like what they're going for there. Um, gotcha. So like Batman and Joker had a love child. But it was the same. Per- I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but definitely it's, there's a mental illness, multiple personalities aspect aspect to Moon Knight. Yes. Well, that makes me very nervous yes. about how that's going to be portrayed. I don't think you're the only person that's worried about that. I have hope because I think Oscar Isaac is a very good actor. I don't think he get involved. He tends, tends to choose his roles relatively well. So mm-hmm. I... I would imagine he's probably sees something in the material. Okay, that's good. Um, so that gives me hope. Um, I'll definitely check it out. Look, I'm going to check out all their shows until I've totally lost all hope and they keep destroying my soul. But they haven't yet, so I'm in so far. Check out the She-Hulk teaser. It's very mm-hmm. short. It's all over like 15 seconds. But I like the vibe I'm getting from it, if that makes sense. Okay. Cool. Um, what If is getting a season two. Um, there will be a new show called Echo. It's a live-action series that will serve as a Hawkeye spin-off of sorts, starring Alakwa uh, Cox as Maya Lopez, who will be or has been introduced in Hawkeye. I haven't watched any Hawkeye yet, so I don't know. Mm. Um, that character, don't know anything about Echo or Maya Lopez as a character either. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Great. I'm glad we are giving lots of information to the people hey, listening to this. There are people there are people who do know this and are going, I didn't know that yet. Thank you for telling me. And they're the people that appreciate what I'm doing here. Okay. Uh, there's going to be a Marvel Zombies animated show as well, which I'm pretty what if about since whatever about I should say after seeing it in what if the zombies episode yeah, was not particularly agreed. great. We already knew about the I Am Groot animated short series about like a baby Groot. Uh, Ironheart got another mention The bigger news comes that um, Secret Invasion is coming. I don't know if it's next year or the year after, but Kobe Smulders has been cast, uh, recast, or sort of she will reprise her role as Maria Hill, which is Mm -hmm. not really a surprise, but hadn't been announced up till now. That's alongside Ben Mendelsohn and Samuel Jackson. Um, We also found out there's going to be an animated series called Spider-Man Freshman Year. So in the MCU, Spider-Man, we never saw how Peter Parker became Spider-Man. We presume it mm. was being bit by a radio- radioactive spider, as he always does. Um, but we haven't met Uncle Ben or how that ties into this version of Spider-Man's origin story. This animated series will likely give us that sort of origin of the MCU's Peter Parker. I don't even know if they've said if um, 
Tom Holland is going to be doing the voice of Peter Parker or not. But this is their solution to that origin issue. Uh, Agatha, House of Harkness. He is yeah. the WandaVision spin-off starring Catherine Hahn as everyone's favourite witch, Agatha mm-hmm. Harkness, which had been rumoured to be happening, has been officially announced with a name. Yay. Another really interesting one, X-Men 97. This is a continuation of the animated X-Men show from the 90s. Is it animated? It is animated. Oh, okay. Presumably that piques in, my interest. Presumably in the same style as the original <gasps> cool. animated show. Yeah, I hope How so. much they will try to recreate that authentically will be very interesting. Mm-hmm. They'll definitely keep the theme, theme song because it's iconic. I just hope it isn't similar to the animation like in What If because I hated it, that animation. I, I highly doubt it will be. I think they're going to go for the hand-drawn look at least to try to replicate mm-hmm. that. Um, as I said, not sure how authentic it'll be, but they'll go for that. Interesting for two reasons. It's coming in 2023. Interesting because this is unprecedented to sort of tie in something that was pre-MCU back into Marvel, except for what's potentially happening with the new Spider-Man film, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is also the first time the X-Men are being included in the MCU in any capacity since the Disney uh, purchased Fox. So not exactly how I expected them to come into the, the MCU, and mm-hmm. still not sure how this will tie into the greater MCU multiverse at large, mm. um, but kind of interesting and very cool, especially if people are fans of that original 90s cartoon. So excited for that. Um, and since Disney Plus Day, Shang-Chi director Destin Daniel Creton, Cretoon, I've probably written that down wrong. Uh, anyway, he's apparently signed an overall deal with Marvel Studios to write and direct a Shang-Chi sequel movie and a new MCU series for Disney+. Plus. While not officially announced, I would I would guess it's about the character who gets featured in an end credit scene in Shang-Chi. For those who have watched that film, I won't say specifically, but that would be my guess. Um, are you excited for Shang-Chi 2 and for uh, a potential spin-off series? Um, certainly a uh, second film. I really enjoyed the first. I, I'd need more information as to what the series would be before I could just get excited about it. It's, yeah, da- Destin Daniel Cretton. I completely misspelled that with an extra O. Oh, I'm sorry, Destin. <laughs> Cretoon. Cretoon. I don't know. <laughs> Typing these out in a hurry. Uh, I will say all I just want to bring up here because there's no one else to bring it up. The Spider-Man... Across the Spider-Verse, the sequel movie to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, got its first little teaser trailer this week. Mm-hmm. It's a part one of two. We're getting two new Spider-Verse films. Yeah, boy. Sign me the fuck up. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait. I will say this week I've been showing some of my students just as like a reward in the afternoon, like Into the Spider-Verse. It gets them every time. How could it not? All the kids love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just like across the board, great. And the animation is so captivating. So I'm really excited about number two and then number three. Yeah, that's super exciting. Uh, in casting news, Kim's Convenience star Paul Sun Huang Lee has been cast as Uncle Iroh in Netflix live action, Netflix's live-action Avatar The Last Airbender series, mm-hmm. um, which apparently just started filming. This is great casting. It is. It really is. It's too bad. That even when you cast great actors in a Netflix adaptation of an animated show, it's probably going to be shit. So, I'll tell you what. I've, I've had We've been burnt, man. We've oh, boy, burnt. big time. Like, I was already sort of like whatever about the live action series since we found out we're getting more animated Avatar from the actual creators of Nickelodeon. 
Mm. But boy, Cowboy Bebop has really, really made me uh, want to avoid anything that Netflix is doing in that live action yeah. realm. So. I question their taste levels now, which I never used to do automatically with Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jennifer Coolidge Renaissance. Jennifer Coolidge Assance, that's better, continues as she has uh, now been cast in an upcoming Ryan Murphy show, The Watcher, alongside Bobby Cannavale and Naomi Watts. I kind of bring this up because, geez, Ryan Murphy just can't keep his hands off. You know, he's uh, going to ruin everything. Uh, he taint everything. Really, he, he just fucking sucks. <laughs> his shows a goddamn shit. Um, but I do love Jennifer Coolidge. I recently watched, what was it called? Uh, Single All The Way, which is a terrible, cheesy... Um, Christmas movie. Sure. Uh, but Jennifer Coolidge is in it and she's the only good thing in it and she is amazing as usual. Makes sense. Variety is reporting that Colin Farrell, who is wearing a lot of prosthetics to play the Penguin in the upcoming Matt Reeves' The Batman film in 2022, will reprise the role for a Penguin-centred TV show on HBO Max. This is the DC <sighs> continuing to spin off their stuff. Uh, onto the small screen, just like Marvel's been doing with the MCU TV spinoffs on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Peacemaker. Um, there's a release date announcement coming for that in a second. How are you feeling about this news? It's hard to have an opinion since no one's I seen worry, that movie yet. Yeah, I worry about the confidence level of a studio who's like, we don't know what the reception is for this character or this performance, but let's greenlight a TV show and sink a bunch of money in it. Th- th- that seems like pretty confident. Yeah. But I worry about, once again, their taste levels as well. There's been rumours of this show for a while. I may have even brought them up at one stage because there, mm. there was talk of there being a Jim Gordon spin-off, I think, as well. Or maybe it oh, was the same project. News. I've never wanted to know more about Jim Gordon. Oh, my God. The least interesting character. <laughs> Great. Um. And uh, so this has been coming for a while. They just we weren't sure if Colin Farrell was going to be the penguin in that or not. Mm. And so now that news is out, I've decided now's a good time to talk about it. Um, yeah, but it's really it is weird without seeing the film. Funnily enough, though, Suicide Squad was good. There's a Peacemaker TV show. That is true. Dune was good. There's a Dune TV show coming. I haven't and, seen Dune yet, um, but I'll I would talk- like to. <laughs> I would like to. Uh, <laughs> We will talk. I'll talk more about that at the end of the podcast. But, um, yeah, that gives me confidence that they think this... I mean, Mm. I'm not going to be surprised if the Batman is good. I think Matt Reeves is a great director. Yeah. Um, I just hope it's like... um, I've totally blanked. You have to cut this out. My brain just stopped. (laughs) All right. This is fast and loose. It's all staying in. Go on. I've got my... Sorry, I've got my thought now. It's been a long day. It's also 36 degrees here, so I'm melting. Oh, um, it's freezing here somehow. Yeah, I hope it's what is rumoured to happen in the new Spider-Man film in which Dane DeVito's The Penguin somehow is in it because I know everyone hates that depiction, but I fucking love Dane DeVito's Penguin. What do you mean people hate that depiction? They don't like it. People fucking love that movie. Everyone loves Batman Returns, except for me. I'm the one person who doesn't. <laughs> What don't you like about it? I don't what? think it's fun or good or anything. I don't, you know, I haven't watched it. I tried to watch it recently and I had a hard, recently being a couple of years ago, and I had a hard time getting into it. In fact, I think that no, Tim I just Burton Batman see, number one is pretty rough too. I don't think there's a lot I to enjoy. I want to see um, Dane DeVito eating fish all day long <laughs> with that green slime coming out of his mouth. It's just the best. It's just, it truly is the best. Um, yes. 
But the Batman being good wouldn't surprise me, especially since Zack Snyder is nowhere near it, as far as we can tell. In release date news, the long-awaited Will Fort... Is it Will Fort or Will Forte? It's Will Fort, right? Uh, I thought it was Forte. I think it's Forte. Maybe it's Forte. Will Forte. Who knows? His MacGruber TV series has been given a premiere date of December 16 on Peacock. A teaser and then a full trailer have since been released. Um, have you seen MacGruber? I haven't. I hear it's pretty good. No, I haven't, but I love him in Last Man um, mm. on Earth, which is such a good show. So, so good. It's sad that it finished, I think, before its time. Um, but we got a good few seasons there. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll happily watch anything he does. I really like him. Kristen Wiig's in the movie too, and I believe in the new show as well, which is cool. I like her. So that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, the fifth and final season of Search Party will arrive on HBO Max on January 7th. So that's coming up real soon. James Gunn and John Cena's The Suicide Suicide Squad. I shouldn't say the. It's Suicide. No, it is the. It's the. Sorry, I got that right. The Suicide Squad. Got to get it right. Spin-off series Peacemaker has a solid release date of January 13th on HBO. Another teaser. Another trailer for that was released recently as well. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, Are you looking forward to that at all? Not really, but I haven't actually seen anything about it. So maybe if I watched Did you see The Suicide Squad yet? I did see The Suicide Squad and I did enjoy it. You did? I did, did. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. And I did like the role of Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I need a whole show about it though. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Amazon comedy hit The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Season 4 will premiere on February 18th, 2022. There was a teaser trailer to go along with that announcement. That's one I've been waiting for for ages. It feels it's like... Been it's been so long. Ages since Season 3 came out. And mm. obviously COVID and all that got in the way as it's interrupted everything. But I'm I'm really ready for uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's great to know it's coming back. Now tell me when Barry Season 3 is coming out, please. That's the mm, next one yes, on the list. Please. Uh, Outlander Season 6 will premiere on Stars on March 6th, 2022, after a nearly two-year break. I yes. had no idea that show was still going. Yes. I thought it finished years ago. No, it's up to its sixth season. I've apparently. never watched an episode, but obviously <laughs> I know a lot of people that do, um, namely mums and gay men. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I thought it would finish. So, oh, well, there happy days for... Mums and the gays, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) In renewal news, as we already mentioned our review a couple of weeks ago, Netflix has renewed Arcane League of Legends for a second season. Hey-oh! Nice! British punk rock comedy We Are Lady Parts is officially getting a second oh. season on Channel 4. That wasn't necessarily the reaction I expected. Uh, well, you know creator- I didn't like that show. I, I, didn't re- I didn't remember you disliking it that much. Okay. Yeah, I just, I didn't think it was, I think it was poorly written. Series creator, director, and writer Nida Manzor, you can tell her this, uh, said in a statement, I feel so incredibly lucky and excited to have the opportunity to make a second series of We Are Lady Parts. I can't wait to delve back into the world of the band and go deeper into their lives. Expect more hijinks, more music, and more flights of fancy. Fancy. I don't um, want more music from them. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, yeah, you really didn't think that. I did love the music, uh, but I'd be interested. Like, if they're going to delve into the characters, I think that was a big thing that season one was missing. Everyone yes. felt a bit cartoonish and flat. So if they do that, maybe I will enjoy season two. That's why I include the quote actually, because I did remember that I was like the one thing. It's like I would mm. like to see more from the extended cast. Yeah. Um, so. Pardon me, I completely agree with that. Uh, After a very successful Kickstarter campaign, Mystery Science Theatre 3000 will return for its 13th season on March 4th, 2022. 
unlike the last two revival seasons, which can be found on Netflix, these will stream on the Gizmoplex website, which I think is their website. I realize this should have been in release date news, not renewals. But anyway, unlike the... Uh, sorry, the list of movies I'll be riffing on is Santo in the Treasure of Dracula, Robot Wars, Beyond Atlantis, Munchie, Dr. Mordred, Demon Squad, Gamera vs. Jiger, Batwoman, The Million Eyes of Sumeru, The Shape of Things to Come, The Mask 3D, The Bubble, and The Christmas Dragon. Have you seen any of these awful films? I have not, no. Yeah, the Mask 3D, like, is this a The Mask sequel? I, th- I think it is, yeah. That sounds great. I need to see that uh, through uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, cancellation news. Sad news time. Pen 15 will not return for a third season. The second half of season two just released this past week, so you better savor them. According to the Hollywood... What? Yes. No, rewise. Very upsetting news, and I you're just, like, dropping it on me. Sorry. I know. And you just mentioned before we started recording, you're currently watching season two, and you you want to finish it tonight, and I knew this announcement was coming up, and I thought it might hit you like a bit of a truck if you hadn't heard already, so I'm sorry to I'm tell really you. I'm really upset. Why? So, according to the Hollywood Reporter... Hulu very much wants to do additional seasons of the show, but creators and stars Maya Erkskin and Anna Conkle, who play teenage versions of themselves on the pen, on Pen15, were ready to take a break from the series. Hulu is apparently happily... Oh, that's okay. Then. Oh, that's fine. Oh, I thought they were cancelled. Oh, thank God. I mean, technically it is a cancellation. It's not getting any more. Yes, but if the creators feel like they've told the story they want to tell for the time, that's very different than them wanting to tell true, more true, and not true, being true, allowed true. to. Oh, I'm like, I always had a heart attack, bro. You should have led with that, you jerk. <laughs> Hulu is apparently <sighs> happily, happily leaving the door open for more, but as it stands now, the upcoming end of the show's second season will now be the series finale. It's just, it is interesting to me that this news dropped pretty much as the second half of season two dropped. It does feel like something that maybe would have been helpful even from promoting the show's perspective to know beforehand and say the last bunch of episodes coming out, it's probably going to be the last of it. Like you can make it more of an event. Well, if that news has just dropped, isn't that exactly what they've done? I would have done it weeks ago. Do you know what I mean? When you announced when it was coming, not like, I think this is now, this was announced in the last few Mm. days from memory. It's like right as the the season has dropped, And it all drops at once. It's not week by week. It's like Mm. there's the rest of season two, and once you finish it, because you know there's that's not Mm. they don't go for that long. You could do it. Maybe they only just came to the decision when they were like gearing up for doing a season three. They're like, actually, no, that's not what we want to be doing anymore. I, I think from reports. They found the COVID situation affecting filming really difficult. Have they both had kids or something as well? Like, I think their lives are in very different places. I know one of them definitely has. I'm not sure about the other. Yeah. So, I think they're in very different places, mm, possibly. There's a lot, a lot of questions to be asked there. But I'm with you. Um, sad news as that is, you'd always rather this stuff ends on the creator's decision, not because mm. the studio was like, yeah, nah, don't want any more thanks. See you later. Um, and I'm a few episodes off finishing season two, mm. um, but if it's going to finish, you know, as well as the rest of the seasons have gone, you know, it's nice to have a, like a perfect show that exists that I can go back and rewatch. I've already rewatched season one like three times, but yeah, it's nice. It's a whole thing that I can enjoy. Yeah. And yeah, always leave them wanting more. You know, mm-hmm. finish before you burn out and become a mess that no one likes anymore, Game of Thrones. In similar but far <laughs> less depressing news, AMC series Kevin Can Fuck Himself will end after its second season. Thank fuck for that. Um, 
Wait, what show? I blanked. Kevin can fuck himself. And that's the uh, right reaction uh, <laughs> if you did blank on that no, one. No, I was just thinking about Ben 15. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I just wasn't paying attention to anything you were saying. Uh, yeah, Kevin can fuck himself. He's only getting one more season. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like that makes sense. I don't think this, it could be a long-term project, right? Well, honestly, in some ways, it gives me hope that considering where season one ends, if they mm. just want to run with that ball all the way to the finish line now and not mm-hmm. like false start it back and forth, you know, status yeah. quo, half shifts, you know, two step forwards, one step back it and just run with it to the end, maybe there'll be something to season two. I have no hope of that being true because season one was awful, but... You're an idiot. Potentially, but yeah. that's the case. <laughs> Roger, uh, fucking moron. That's all I have to say about that. In news that was just announced today, in fact, uh, today being uh, December 7th in Australia, by the way, of uh, 2021. In news just announced today, NBC and then Peacock Comedy AP Bio has been cancelled after four seasons. This is after it was already cancelled once after mm. season one by NBC. Peacock picked it up for an extra three seasons. I'm sure that's sad news to a lot of people who are big fans of the show. It's I also show. imagine I also imagine there's a lot of, well, at least we got an extra three seasons. Yeah, that was always Absolutely. Little, yeah, I agree was, with that. That was always my feeling with community. Like when it got cancelled and it, or get mm. picked up last minute, it's like, fuck, whatever I get from here on out is a bonus, basically. Yeah. You do hit a point of fatigue, you know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna be like, oh, someone please renew it. It's like, okay, like it's okay to let some things die when they've had a second chance. It's okay. Absolutely. Um yeah. But yeah, with community by the end I was like, I can't keep going through this emotional roller coaster, guys. I'm ready to lay it to rest. The the yeah, it does become the the between seasons will they won't they mm. of the studio and uh, yeah, it does become exhausting after a while. I hundred percent agree with that. In other news, deadline are reporting that Amazon uh are nearly have really sorry are nearing a deal i think that's what it said to make a tv series based on the ea and bioware sci-fi epic mass effect are you familiar with the mass effect video game series damask vaguely i do believe i have played a mass effect you believe you've played a mass effect yeah it's the one it's the space one right <laughs> and you walk around i remember walking around on a ship and is there like a night club that you can go to with sexy aliens? Correct. Yes, this is I've true. I've definitely done that. Okay. That's all I remember about that game. Um, is well known for its romancing aspects, romancing aliens and men and yeah. women and all sorts of different things in Mass Effect. I've not actually played it, but I've got a lot of friends who are big fans. Um, and what's interesting about this to me, as always is the case with anything that's an adaptation of a video game, is how much of what is appealing about a video game is the story which you can just potentially directly translate into a TV show if you wanted to, Mm -hmm. versus how the game plays. Because one of the things about Mass Effect is that you build your own Shepard, Shepard being the main character. Make them look however you want. Choose one of... maybe I think there's only a couple of choices for the voices. but like, And then you spend the rest of the game making them your character, choosing how they will interact with the characters in the game, and then choosing, making decisions along the way about how the story will unfold. It's a choose-your-own-adventure in a lot of aspects. So when you make a Mass Effect TV show, are you saying this is the definitive version of the story? If you do, you just do a direct uh, continuation. Do you do a direct like copy of that story, or do you try and tell a separate story that's set in the same universe? I would argue if you're going to do it, don't make it about Commander Shepard. Make it mm-hmm. about maybe characters that we recognise, um, but set it. Not at you know in that story that's familiar with the video games. I don't think because I think people are going to be annoyed when 
the shepherd on TV is not doing what their shepherd was doing in the video game, if that makes sense. Mm. I know we're not allowed to play, uh, talk about video games on this podcast, which is a rule that I made up. Um, I have broken multiple times, yes, especially I know, I know. recently. Hypocrite. Um, <laughs> have you ever played the game Death Stranding? No, I haven't played Death Stranding. Because oh, I recently got into listening to the podcast, How Did This Get Played? Yes. And I don't, the only video game I play is Minecraft. I don't know sure. why I listen to this podcast, but I do enjoy it. Uh, and they're obsessed with Death Stranding and they talk about the story all the time and it sounds fascinating. Sure. I'm not the kind of person that could play a game like that, but would I appreciate a TV show or a film about it? Yes, I would. So, this is weird because news that I didn't include in today's uh in today's Off Topic Hot Topic, is that Kojima yeah. Productions, who makes Death Stranding, yeah. has started a TV studio. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, my now, God. We don't Am know- I the zeitgeist? <laughs> what is happening right now? We don't... I didn't... I just... I thought no one's going to care. No one knows. <laughs> Certainly, Damas doesn't know what Kojima Productions is. Um, yeah, oh they, God, they've developed funny. a TV studio, a, a studio in LA. They're going to do oh. movies and TV shows and stuff like that, apparently. Yeah, they haven't announced okay. any projects yet, but... Kojima Productions has made all of one major release, as far as I'm aware. It's called mm. Death Stranding. <laughs> and so, I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if there was a Death Stranding TV show. Maybe not the exact story mm. of Death Stranding, but people seem yeah. fascinated by this world. Kojima makes very interesting settings for his games. Yeah, I the love thing the is, Metal like, Gear Solid if, games. If he's behind like the world-building stuff and then got some cool writers in to build out the stories within the world... I could see how that yeah studio could make some really cool stuff. Maybe we should do a stream. I could get Death Stranding. We could play that together. I could play that and you could sure. check it out. Yeah, maybe. can I just watch you play it? Because I don't. Yeah, absolutely. Play it. Yeah, but however, uh, you understand that most of that game is walking, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, it's just it's walking. Yeah, is the and you primary... build lines between places, and you have a little like baby thing on your chest. It Correct. sounds fascinating. Have I you really actually? Wanna... Have you seen any like the trailers and stuff for it? I watched the trailer. The trailer looks amazing. The ori- like the the original announcement trailer. Like, I that believe so. Set the world on the fire. Epic like, one. Yeah, they're, yeah. I've they're all seen that. no, no, no. Kojima doesn't make anything but epic trailers. There are only <laughs> epic trailers from Hideo Kojima. Um. You should play. Oh, I wonder if you. But like, like the Metal trailer I saw, it felt like it went for a really long time. But I was oh, they, fully consumed by they, like what masked. was happening. They are all epic <laughs> trailers. They all go for over ten minutes oh, and good. could be like short films in their own right. And they're all maybe I'll just watch his wild. short films. That, that, you that could. sounds great. Yeah. Um, I was going to say you should try Mel Gear Solid, but I think they'd stress you out way too much. Mel Gear it's Solid. Not my kind of game. All I want to do is build castles and like pretend I live in my own medieval world. That's all I want to do. So how are you not playing Death Stranding where all you do is walk and build stuff? No, because there's like evil people that are addicted to like likes and stuff and they come and like try to steal your packages and shit. I'm just not about it, bro. I'm not about it. You could turn off the online functions if you wanted to. You wouldn't have to deal with the other players. No, no. I think these are things oh, there are in the game. Too. Do you yeah. say steal your likes? Well, because they're they they're addicted to the dopamine hit you get when you like do a good job or people like what you're doing. Oh, okay. I think that's like that's, that's they're the addicted line? to it, and so they want to steal. This is I'm just totally like third, fourth hand knowledge <laughs> that I'm getting from a podcast I listen to. But they, I'm pretty sure they try to steal your packages so that they can deliver them, so oh, that they I get see. the dopamine by doing a good job. I think that's what happens. <laughs> This, I I, so this is where I think we could do this together, although mm. you haven't got a PlayStation, so we can't do this together. I could do the combat stuff and you can just do the walking and the building. 
I do like to walk and build. You can, how you can, you can you can be like the uh, the foreman. You can mm. you can tell me how and where to build these. I love that. Sure. Yes, please. Maybe that we'll get to great. that one day. Uh, wow, that I did Sorry. not expect to get to this conversation. <laughs> Fascinating. My bad, my bad. It's funny, you've really fallen into the world of video games lately. I might have to start listening to how this get played. Have there been any other particular highlight episodes? I'm interested in what games they're talking about. Oh, I've listened to so many. I'll, I'll have a relook through them and send you some, yeah. Please. Uh, a teaser trailer for the dark and gritty Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Bel- <laughs> reboot, simply titled Bel-Air, has been released with a very dramatic Will Smith voiceover. It's a bad title, Speaking Bel-Air. lines from the famous French Prince theme song. This is a story all oh, about no. how. No. My life got flipped. No. <laughs> turned upside down. No. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's definitely worth a watch just because I think it's like exactly what I feared it would be. Um, oh, I'm going to get drunk and definitely watch the shit out of that. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Bel Air will premiere on Peacock in 2022. We don't know exactly when yet, but the teaser trailer, as I mentioned, is out. Eternals writer writers Ryan and Kaz Furpo have voiced their desire to make an Eternals prequel series of Disney+. Plus. Have you seen Eternals yet? No, I've been too busy. I haven't done anything or watched anything. I'm so sorry. Um, I don't think these are spoilers, so I can say this. The writing pair slash cousin said they would like to go back and do a Kingo episode in nineteen in the eighteen nineties Mumbai, where he is juggling his life as a movie star, dealing with Gandhi's peaceful dissolution of the British Empire in India. They also like to show Thena in Greece. Basically, they want to do prequels of like where the Eternals were the rest yeah. of the time. Yeah, because I know they've been on Earth like forever. forever. So I, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. and gotcha. Particularly Kingo, who is probably the highlight of the film. The this is the um, Kamal Nanjiani character. Yeah, um, yeah. he has a, he, he's like where he is in current day, and sort of explanation of where he's been for the last at least couple of century probably mm. is quite cool. And I like the idea of spending time there, um, right. and certainly. Because there's a lot of characters in that movie, and even though it goes for a long time, you feel like you're maybe only getting the surface level of them. Mm. Spending a bit more time with Angelina Jolie's Thena would be worth watching, like to get to know yeah. them a bit more. I'm up for that. Uh, yeah. Showing, that's not announced, by the way. That's just their desire to do that has been expressed. Oh, gotcha. Um, showing just how little we know, uh, I'm saying just how little I know or we know on Hunting Seasons, Amazon says Wheel of Time is their most watched premiere of 2021. I was saying last week or the week before, I thought no one was watching that show. Apparently, I was Well, wrong. it makes sense because every time you watch something on their streaming service, the preview is for Wheel of Time. So that totally makes sense. So they're promoting Is that the show, like though. sustainable if the show is shit? Yeah, probably not. Um, someone was saying episode four is really good. Like it got, it finally like got good around episode four. Um, All right. Okay. That, oh, I'll keep watching then. Finally, New Yorker uh, had an article today, I believe, that came out. It was setting Twitter on fire um, on Succession's Jeremy. St- oh, the, the sorry, the title of the article is "On Succe- Succession: Jeremy Strong Doesn't Get the Joke." This is written by Michael Schulman, and it's an article about actor Jeremy Strong, who plays Kendall in Succession. Um, mm-hmm. We are going to be reviewing Succession season three soon. Yeah, fair to say, good season so far. Yeah. Um, this is a great article. Really, really interesting because we have really been very impressed with Jeremy Strong oh, since no, watching worried. Succession. What happened? What do you mean? Just, just tell me what the article is about because I'm worried that something bad about him is about to it's hit me. It's about him sort of being a method actor um, oh, for okay. all that entails. 
I wouldn't say there's anything that comes out and makes you go... Like, it's not like we're going to be cancelling Jeremy Strong, but my understanding of him as a person is different now. And, like, as we said, I didn't really know Jeremy Strong before Succession, and in our reviews, we're really impressed by what he's done with Kendall. Mm. And suddenly... Maybe some of this is just because Jeremy Strong is actually kind of Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, which is interesting, right? Yeah. Um, so, it's I won't. It's a very long <gasps> article. I would say it's, it is worth a read. I, I've read most of it. There are lots of people who are just picking the best parts out of it and posting mm. on Twitter and online. Cool, and cool, that cool. alone has been very enjoyable. Um, but I'll be watching the final episode of Succession with a slightly different, in, like, understanding of oh, Jeremy Oh, that's Strong really now. depressing <laughs> in terms of, like, who Kendall is. Yeah. Um, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. It's worth checking out. It's worth <laughs> checking All right, out. I'll give that a read. That sounds pretty fascinating. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Damask, what have you been watching? I can't remember if I've mentioned it before. I'm sure I have Um, because I don't really remember when our last off-topic hot topic was. Did Mm -hmm. I mention that I've been watching Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip? Surely I have. I don't know. You talk about a lot of Real Housewives. I can't remember for sure which seasons it's been. You've blacked it all out. Mm. Anyway, all right. So I'm so sorry. Go to my happy place now. Keep talking. I'm just going to be. I'm just going to be somewhere else. (laughs) I'm sorry, everybody, if I'm repeating myself. But um, so kind of the Avengers first film of the Real Housewives aired started airing recently. So this is when we've all been waiting for. Yeah, exactly. Well, we have broad. I'm not not a word of a lie. So, like, you know, for years and years, people have been saying, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if you got, like, a bunch of the OGs or something like the most kind of popular, um, well-known housewives you from different franchises, you put them all on an island somewhere and filmed. But there was a dream. It was a far-off dream. It's now a reality. Um, so, a couple of months ago, they started, like, dropping on all their social medias that it was happening. We saw the ladies on this trip but didn't know what it would entail. My fear was that it was going to be epically boring because famously on Real Housewives franchises is the conflict is generally, you know, based around their personal relationships with one another and years of resentments building totally. up. Totally. But that's like 
But that's not going to happen if you get like a bunch of, um, yeah, I would say equally famous women together um, who are hyper aware that they're being filmed on something that isn't their show and how they want to be perceived and all that stuff. And there isn't going to be a whole lot of conflict. Boy, oh boy, was I wrong. This has been so good. It really has been amazing to watch. We've had plenty of drama. Um, One example is Kenya from The Real Housewives of Atlanta going off on Ramona, who is, I think, just putting it mildly, um, severely unhinged. so that was, that's been great. We've had lots of drama, lots of fun. And one aspect of the show that I think was a surprise for a lot of us was that because on their individual franchises, they're not allowed to break the fourth wall. So they never talk about being on a TV show or anything like that. Um, but this one, they do talk about they are being filmed, that mm. the fact that they are all real housewives. We get heaps of backstory on like certain elements of like, really important moments in their own franchises, like big traumatic moments, how that made them feel, what the repercussions were for themselves, like personally and professionally. It's just a really entertaining show and I think it's exceeded all expectations. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's, I mean, this is only like something that people who have been watching a lot of the franchises for a long time, I think will really love. But if that if that's you at home, um, yeah, definitely check out Real Housewives Ultimate Girl, Girl Trip. I know it's available on Peacock in America, um, but on but in Australia it is available on Hey You, and I assume that would be the same as the UK because they have Hey You over there as well. But I'm not entirely sure. But check it out if you haven't already. Cool. Anything else you've been watching? I mean, I haven't really had time. I've been working my butt off. I've just been watching the shows that we have to watch. The only other one I've been watching is Pen15, uh, the second half of season two, which is just as good as the rest. Um, sad to know that I've only got a few episodes left. Yeah. But, you know, I'm really enjoying myself and it's such a good show. And if anyone out there hasn't started it, you really, really, really should. It's, it's a wonderful show. I'm happy to say I've at least started it. Although- oh, good. That's something. <laughs> A while back. Uh, yeah, uh, I will definitely feature it one day, maybe in the off-season. Mm. Um, you haven't seen any movies? Anything? You work at a cinemas now. Yeah, I'm not allowed to sit and watch them. Um, <laughs> I try my hardest not to get spoiled by things. Sure. Um, no, I don't think I have okay, watched. I haven't watched any good movies. What bad movies have you watched? Well, I watched that, was it Single All The Way or whatever? Christmas Which, movie, Single All The Way. Single all the way. It just wasn't good. Oh, the one you talked about with Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer right. Coolidge. No good. Yeah, there's, okay. there's not much to report there, unfortunately. Well, I'm sorry to say, listeners, this is going to be a very broad dominated episode then because between me reading the news and now talking about what I've been watching, you're going to get a lot of me. So, you know, back out now. This is too much. Um, I watched the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 3. How the tables have turned. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to Paul about this. Um, it seems like everybody who was a RuPaul fan or a drag race fan, I should say, has mm. sort of started to fade. Off, Their interest yeah. is is waning. Yeah, I don't, I don't think really care about it anymore, weirdly enough. I don't think it's a coincidence that the cis straight white male starts watching it and everybody else goes, actually, it's not cool anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I blame myself. Mm. That actually enough. speaks to one of the latest news tidbits that came out, the mm-hmm. preview for the next season of the US, the original RuPaul's Drag Race, mm. they're going to have their first ever um, white, straight, cis, male contestant. Gotcha. 
and everyone was like, no, thank you. <laughs> so maybe, uh, who no. knows, maybe you'll be on the Australian one next year, by the <laughs> no, way things are going. Directly to me, apparently. I don't want that, though. I don't want that either. Um, <laughs> season three, I don't know how it was received because no one's talking about it. Um, as always happens, I think once you you know you start you shed the the dead weight, the mm. talent rises to the top, and I think the best queens from the season, except for Charitza, who I liked and thought should have lasted longer, um, did make it to the final three. I think I guess we're not doing spoilers, but I don't. You think- can spoil it. No one's watching it. <laughs> true. True. I was like. fast forward uh, if you don't want spoilers. Blah blah. blah. Fast forward a couple of minutes if you don't want spoilers. Ella Viday seemed to be going as the strong favourite after having mm-hmm. a really strong end of the season. I think um, Kitty Scott Claus was really well liked and was probably the underdog. And Crystal Versace um, probably was the the unlikely win, unlikely one to win. Mm-hmm. And then Crystal won, and that probably came as a shock. I kind of get it. I think it makes sense. A Ella Viday had an awful awful last runway like they they tried to talk it up because they won't bag out queens in the finale but yeah looked awful okay um Mm. key's got claws i think is good all round but it's kind of one-dimensional hasn't grown as the competition's gone on it's pretty much Mm. just been doing key's got claws the whole time the thing about crystal i think is you could feel the growth and the desire in crystal i think one of the things also against elevator day is during the you know how they always do an interview in the last episode where like bruce sits down and this case michelle as well sits down like ask some questions about their life and how they became a drag queen and what it means to them to be a you know next drag superstar and all that Elle of a Day was talking about how they sort of just were doing fine being active for nine years and then wanted to mix it up. Whereas you've got like Key Scott Claus, who mm. is obviously been doing this circuit for a long time. It's been their gig forever. And then Crystal, who's only fucking 19, but mm. like seems to be really putting in the work and like just feels She's like... She's very they're... good. Like, because I watched the first couple of episodes. Um... And she won both of those first challenges too. And, and she, she didn't win a single good. one since then, but she's been... I think she was only in the bottom two in the in the last uh, thing, in which case there was only four of them. It was a fucking mm. roast and she's not a comedy queen, so she was always going to be in the bottom two, basically, right? Yeah. Um, so that barely even counts. Like, she was always up there for the most part. Runway looks were... There was never a bad one the entire time. And mm. the thing about Crystal as well was she... So it was interesting. In episode two, after she won her first repeater badge... They got her to basically do this thing where she had to, uh, like the, the mini challenge was she was like reading the other queens. Oh, and, yes, I did see that. And she went pretty hard, particularly at um, Victoria Scone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who then there was a big reaction to that because it was like fat phobic and all this sort of stuff. And they had a real heart to heart. And the, the thing I got away from that was that Crystal actually felt very uncomfortable doing the the reading thing and seemed very genuine that she didn't like doing it was actually very apologetic yeah. about it. It felt like a 19-year-old's um, interpretation of what reading should look like. Um, well, it was almost... Without enough of the kind of comedy to back up the things you're saying. Definitely. Yeah. And it also felt like nor- this is a part of the show where you start to figure out who the bitchy queens are, right? And they were sort mm-hmm. of trying to like shoehorn Crystal maybe into that. Yeah. And then what you learn is that actually Crystal hated doing that 
didn't like doing it and didn't apologize ha- for it. Apologized really mm. well, I thought. But also, as the season went on, it's like often the bitchy ones are also way too up themselves, overconfident, constantly complaining, blah blah blah. Mm. Crystal was doing this thing where she was like, "I'm actually really not very good with choreography, and it takes me a long time to learn lines. Like, I'm proud of my looks and stuff, but I know what my weaknesses are." Um, and would ask for help, didn't pretend to be better than they were, didn't pretend that other people were letting her down, which is often the case with those sort of overly dramatic true. queens, you yeah. know what I mean? And then seemed to do the work off camera to make sure by the time they got to doing the the stages, the stuff on stage, they were at least keeping up, if not necessarily mm. starring. And so you sort of saw this kids working their ass off here. And I think yeah. that's where... I think I actually really enjoyed Crystal winning it. And I personally really appreciate Crystal as a person. I thought she was quite lovely ultimately. And and so once I don't think she would have been the favorite going in or even Mm. early on or midway through the season, everyone just thinks she's just a beauty queen. But I honestly thought it made sense. I thought it was a good... Maybe Ski Scott Claus, I can see the argument for them winning. Mm-hmm. And L of a day if you don't include the final episode. But no, I, I liked Crystal as a winner. Anyway. Cool. All right. Um, probably it. never talking about this again because Damas doesn't watch the show anymore. <laughs> uh, Maybe there's a really good season. I mean, I'll always like jump in on the first episode, first couple of episodes to see if mm. I'm vibing. And if I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. Taskmaster C- Series 12 also finished. Uh, just again, your monthly reminder. It's a straight injection of joy. Uh, mm-hmm. This season was no different. Honestly. Might be my favourite season in terms of there was a really good selection of tasks this season. And Mm. the end of episode tasks were consistently great. Oh, that's good. Because they can be really hit and miss. They can be hit and miss. And they were excellent. The in-studio tasks were all excellent this season pretty much. They all had a real sense of drama and anticipation to them. (laughs) They were really fun. Um, And... It was a really close season this season as well. Honestly, it came down to the final game. And mm. I think the winner was a worthy winner. And in fact, the person who came in second and third, probably all three of them would have been worthy winners. Um, and I liked all the contestants. And I think this show is weirdly only getting stronger as it goes along. Mm-hmm. And this is probably on par maybe with my favorite season of season 10. And I can't wait for season 13. Fucking great show. Everyone should watch Taskmaster. I do need to watch uh, season 12. It's all out now, so you can just binge it if you want to. And it's... What's it available on? Or is it RME Hearties? It's available on the high seas. The high seas. Yeah, gotcha. Um, It'll eventually come to Foxtel, I imagine. In two years, yeah. In two years. I I don't understand this. Do you know, actually, interestingly enough, I got an email sent to me by my mum this week about uh, they were doing... Uh, like audience calls for uh, Would I Lie to You, um, Australian oh, version. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which has one of the guys from The Chaser and Frank Woodley as the captains, mm. which mm-hmm. is not a bad combo. No, And Chrissy Swan, I think, is the host. Oh, who I like I her. Don't dislike, but that's a, like, Rob. That's a big call, that's yeah. It's a big call from a comedy point of view, but, you know, I'll give it a chance. But it made me go, are we getting closer to that Australian version of Taskmaster? Because I could definitely see that working with the right people. I don't think we've got enough people, bro. What? Well, of course we do. I don't think so. Get Sean McAuliffe or um, what's his name from Good News Week to host. It's done. 
Off we I'm go. Talking about the contestants. Fun. The contestants. We've got enough contestants. Get Celia Pacquala on there. Get. I do like her. Yeah, there's people. There's, I think we've. we've you're right. People. We've got enough for one season. <laughs> hey, that's what you need. Takes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Um, last one laughing. Yes. I think is what yes. it's called. That was really good, though. Honestly. You could really tell the difference in um quality of comedians. Totally. On that. But you could yeah. take that cast and make sure you've got some of the best ones mm. and, you know, the mediocre ones and, like, split that in half. That's two seasons right there. That would be fine. You could do that with those people. I think you'd get a good enough show out of it. Um, anyway. I think they should just have Frank Woodley in every season if they do an Australian <laughs> Taskmaster. <laughs> Frank Woodley could be the Alex Hall of that show, actually. Yes. Actually. No, I let- want to see him compete. Let's do Lena Wynn Woodley as Taskmaster and... Uh, and actually, that works perfectly, that, that dynamic, doesn't good. it? I That's could see that. That yeah. would be actually kind of rad. And what's his name? That. Is it Sam Simmons? Sam Simmons, yeah. He was He'd be great so on good on um, Last, Last One, one laughing. laughing. Fuck, yeah. he's funny. Oh For my those who God. don't know who aren't uh, Australian, there was a television show. I believe it's actually a remake of a Mexican television show. Or I Spanish think that's right, show, yeah. Um, called Last One La- Laughing, hosted by Rebel Williams. Um, Rebel Wilson, sorry. It is, they lock 10, I think, Australian comedians Mm -hmm. in a room for, I think it's like eight hours or something like that. It's a long time, yeah. A long time. And they have to make each other laugh. But they themselves cannot laugh. But if you you laugh, Mm. then you were kicked out. And there was a $100,000 prize at the end of it. And you have to actively be trying to make other people laugh. If you're like standing back or not doing anything, then you also get eliminated. So it's just like comedians trying to top one another and it gets more and more frenetic and insane and it's amazing. On Amazon Prime in Australia, I don't yeah. know if that means you may be able to access that on Amazon Prime in other countries. Mm. I, Otherwise, I the high seas are there for you. I'm not always a Rebel Wilson fan. I think she was fine as the host. I think um, she did a good job. She was a good job. I think the comedians, yes, they vary from average to very good. Very, some amazing. Yep. Truly amazing, yeah. And I think the show knows who the funny comedians are and yep. they get highlighted. And it is both hilarious and kind of like watching people actively have a speed course and going insane. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's true. It's yeah. It, it was really enjoyable. Mm. They're like six half hour episodes or something yeah. like that. I think I yeah. I've, re- I've certainly rewatched it. Like I watched it the first time. I was like, that was great. And then I think I made my friend rewatch it. And I had another, a great time. But yeah. I, I guess I forgot that I made him watch it. And so every time we hung out, I was like, have you watched last one laughing yet? <laughs> He's like, stop talking to me about the fucking show. I've already seen it. Um, I'm surprised they haven't made a second season. I don't know if anyone watched it. Possibly we were the only two people in the world that did watch it. But it seems like a cheap show to make. Yeah. Like you hire a bunch of comedians for one day of shooting and away you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Particularly during... COVID, like none of them are doing, well, they weren't they doing weren't. like shows or anything. You could isolate them and then put them in a room. They should have yeah, done it. They should have done another season where they didn't. Uh, at the movies, I've been to the movies a few times. Uh, I've already booked tickets for going to see Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm looking forward <laughs> to booking tickets to The Matrix and I want to see Encanto and I want to see West Side Story. There's a lot of good stuff coming out. But since I think I'd, last time I was on, I talked about seeing The Eternals. I've since seen... No Time to Die. That's the fifth James Bond film starring Daniel Craig. His last. Uh, this is directed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga, who we have enjoyed his work in um, Shoot. 
what's that detective show? True Detective. Set? True Detective. Thank you very much. It was in the fucking description, <laughs> you idiot. You know that um, uh, detective who's always <laughs> honest. What's it called? It's like it's really true to life. Real detective story. Uh, true Detective, specifically season one. Uh, anyway, I really, really enjoyed it. I haven't cool. liked all of Daniel Craig's Bond films, but I loved Casino Royale. Mm, really, really loved it. It was like it is probably still this day my favorite James Bond film. Then oh, Eva Green, hubbada, hubbada, hubbada. yeah. Um, even even this movie knows that Eva Green was the peak of mm. the <laughs> of that series. Uh, Quantum of Solace, massive disappointment. Mostly, it seems like because it was basically written on the fly because the writer strike was going on at the time. Followed up by. Um, fuck, I forgot. A Skyfall, which really liked. Mm-hmm. Is that the one with Javier Bardem? Javier Bardem, Judy Dench as M. Yeah. Um, good send off for her as well. And it was like, I think it was like the 50th anniversary of Bond mm. at the time. So there's lots of references back to old Bond stuff. That's um, right. Sean Connery should have been in it. Sean wasn't. Connery obviously was meant to have been in it and then <laughs> decided he'd retired from acting and didn't want to return to even play a role just honouring his role as James Bond, but that's fine. Um, really enjoyed that one. And then Spectre was a fucking disaster, like an absolute mess of a movie. And so No Time to Die had a lot to do to like sort of get us back interested in that in the Daniel Craig um, series and to send his Bond off. And I think it was, for the vast majority of it, very successful. Mm-hmm. I think it's got some incredibly good action in it. I think, like, a lot of really good action scenes. The opening action scene is fantastic. Oh, sorry, the opening isn't even an action scene. The opening is a flashback. The first in James Bond history, apparently, which I didn't know until recently. Um, then there's a, the the first Daniel Craig James uh, action scene is Excellent. Um, followed up by numerous great ones. Um, some really good characters in it. Definitely updated their politics around women in some smart ways. They had... Uh, what's the name from Fleabag? The writer of Fleabag? Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I have a terrible name for day. If day for names, I'm sorry. <laughs> Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Having a stroke on microphone here. Phoebe Waller-Bridge didn't write the story, but did a punch-up of the script. And I think you can feel where she's gotten involved, but not in a bad way. Not like, mm. oh, that was that was obviously for War Bridge. Just enough to like uh, punch it up where it needed punching up. Mm. So it's not like a Justice League situation where you're like, well, clearly Joss Whedon wrote that line. No, 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 no. Nothing like that. But yeah, it, it gets where it needs to go with that. I think emotionally, it, it's what was I liked about Casino Royale was it was willing to talk about the character of James Bond beyond just being the super womanizing super spy mm-hmm. and like make him a bit of a character, give him an emotional arc. Yeah. The villain of this movie sucks. Rami Malek is terrible in it. Um, the moment he, he has a bit at the start and then he's reintroduced about midway through the film and it's like the film came to a grinding halt. Ooh, like boy. instantly I was like, ooh, no. And luckily it's not really about him. He's kind of just the mechanism that gets the plot moving. It almost feels like it's reverse engineered to get to a very specific moment at the at the end of the film. But okay. He he's serviceable doing what he needs to do to get the story functioning. Ignore him, the rest of the film works really well, I thought. I was very happy with it. I think I'd rank it, but sort of for me it goes 
Uh, oh, because we have talked about this before because I talked about, uh, I just remembered, uh, we did this online and I said daylight between the three Bond films and you said you didn't know what daylight was. Yeah, I still that? don't. I don't remember <laughs> what that is. What is daylight? Daylight is when you say there's space between the movies. Oh, that's right. It's something between, that between doesn't so exist like, and you've made it up and <laughs> I've never heard of it before. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely goes. Casino Royale, then probably... Um, Skyfall, then No Time to Die, then Daylight. <laughs> mm-hmm, Broad. Yes, Daylight. A big gap. And then somewhere in there, Quantum Souls Inspector. But a good send-off. And on average now, the Daniel Craig films are good. Bond films are good. Looking forward to seeing who is the new Bond. Um, last Night in Soho. This is Edgar Wright's new film. I saw that recently as well. This is his sixth movie. Um, after doing, what do you do? Let's see. Shaun the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, World, The World's End, uh, Baby Driver, and finally, Last Night in Soho. Mm-hmm. Are you a big fan of Edgar Wright? Yeah, I really like his stuff. What do you think of Baby Driver? I didn't love it. Mm. I know people were like, really enjoyed it. I think it also like, is a big hindrance for me, the fact that I don't really care about music. <laughs> Sure. Okay. And so I wasn't super like, whoa, the the action sequence seems to be driven by the music. That's cool. I know a lot of people were f- fanboying and fangirling over that. I thought it was fine, but it certainly wasn't anywhere near m- some of my favorites of his. Yeah. And I feel like Last Night in Soho sort of fits in that as well. What was interesting with Baby Driver is I think it's a good film. It's a really well made film it's a slick production right Mm. the way they combine the music and the action and the editing and like Mm. things are like time to the music and it's very satisfying in that but it's a very basic story and i didn't care Mm. about anybody in it and so i walked away feeling i had a good time but it was completely forgettable from a character and story perspective yeah last night in soho is a different bit of a different beast where it is I, I was very invested in, in the main character early on and some of the work they did, if you don't know the story, basically this girl travels from the country. She's going to fashion school in London. She's obsessed with the London in the 60s. She moves into this place where she's living in a bedroom. It's still styled like the era. And then she seems to have this passive ability to like see ghosts. It's mm. just, it's kind of like The Shining where it's never explained. It's just... You just have to it accept is. that she can yeah. do this. And being this sort of like sensitive to these sorts of energies or whatever, she gets sucked in like back into experiencing the life of this um, wannabe uh, singer and star uh, played by Anya Taylor-Joy back in Soho in the 60s and you follow along with her story and what happened to her basically. And those scenes where she travels back into the 60s that are recreated, London in the 60s, and like these sequences where um, our main character, Anya Taylor Joy's character, are like passing by hallways, like long staircases with mirrors on the side, and you can see them both at the same time. One in inside the world, one in the mirror. It's a lot of it's done in camera. It's incredibly well done. There's some in- amazing sequences. Um, it's a beautiful film in that regard, and I was really invested in it and the story for about two thirds. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of hit this point where it decided it really wanted to be a horror film. And it turns out really, it wanted to be a crappy episode of Dr. Who mm. with like knockoffs of the silence. If you remember what the silence looked like. Yeah. And then it falls apart. 
Oh, poo. Yeah. Which is almost more disappointing than a film that was just kind of like, oh, it's doing this. It's like, it's stylish, but it's got no substance. It's like, this had something mm. and then kind of trips over itself right in the last half an hour. Um, it hurts a little bit more when I was like riding high on it and then it's like, oh, it's like... Yeah, that's a shame. ...falling away at the end. So that was a real shame. Um, I still don't think it's a bad movie overall. It's probably... In a lot of regards, it's better than a lot of stuff you'd see. And it's very original in what it's doing. There's a lot to like about it. Um, but it's definitely still one of the weaker Edgar Wright films. Probably on par with Baby Driver. Um, mm-hmm. So nowhere near the heights of the Cornetto Trilogy or Scott Pilgrim by any means. Finally, very quickly, I want to talk about seeing Dune at IMAX. Friend of the show, Dune. Paul Mitzi. Uh, he braved coming to Victoria. Um, a, country, a, a state riddled with coronavirus. He came from his relative safety of South Australia. They got nothing, of, none of it, basically. Um, came to visit, and we organised to go and see uh, Dennis or Dennis Villeneuve's uh, Dune. This is the uh, adaptation of the famous sci-fi novel. It's about fifty years old or so. There was a David Lynch version of this film that I've tried to watch when I was a teenager and didn't get more than ten minutes in, as I. Tr- was my sort of reaction to a lot of David Lynch at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a sci-fi epic that is truly worth seeing in IMAX if you can mm. or if you feel safe doing so. Absolutely gorgeous, as Villeneuve films tend to be. If you enjoyed the aesthetic of Blade Runner 2049 or 2069 or whatever it was called, you're very much going to enjoy this. Huge vistas, the scale. It is... A pretty dry sci-fi film. It is also half a story. It is Dune Part 1, which they tell Ah. you when the title appears at the start of the movie, but is in none of the marketing material. Oh, wow. So it ends rather abruptly. I mean even more abruptly than like Fellowship of the Ring or The Two Towers or something like that. It just like gets to a point and says, see your next movie. And at Mm. the time of the film coming out, we didn't know we were getting a second movie for sure because it was a pretty expensive film to make, I imagine. And there was no guarantee uh, people were going to watch it. But enough people saw it at the cinemas, enough people watched it on HBO Max that we now know there is going to be a Dune 2. And thank fuck for that because this is extremely, extremely good. Like, this is one of the best genre films I've seen in a very, very long time. I think it's got some incredible sequences. It is Mm -hmm. beautiful from start to finish. For a a story that's been considered to be unfilmable, to the point that many people have tried and failed, including David Lynch, people would argue, Mm. they, I think what's really impressive is the way they dilute the story down to its essential elements. And they, what they do, what Villeneuve does is they trust the audience to keep up where it matters. They give you what you need. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things they don't give you. They don't tell you the exact details for. They also know it just adds to the texture of the world. And as long as it's not getting in the way of the story they're telling or it's not essential, they won't, they'll keep, they'll, they'll keep it away from you. You don't need to know that. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. It's feels like a once in a decade sort of one of these movies and I hope that the sequel is so successful that we get many, many more of them, basically. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, wow. It is truly, truly like a, a home run for me. Mm. Um, the only caveat being probably that it is part one of two and without part two, we can't know for sure just how successful it is. But um, 
I really, truly loved it. I don't think I'll see it again in IMAX because I actually started to get like looking up at that fucking screen for two and a half hours, started to hurt my neck. But I'm looking forward to watching it again on my <laughs> OLED um, mm-hmm. as soon as I can, basically. It is... Cool. It's All like... Right. I'm not going to say it's Lord of the Rings necessarily, but it's like it's in that ballpark. I yeah. love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, check it out. We'll do it. No, I, I literally, as you were talking, I was just Googling because I was like, I don't even know if Perth has IMAX. <laughs> but we do. We do oh, that's have. good. We, if, yeah, you, so if you're going to go to IMAX, sit in the back row or somewhere towards the back if you can. Yeah. That I way mean, you're not I, looking up the whole time. Yeah, I always do because I'm just in the habit of doing that because of my eyes before I got glasses. But yeah, no, I definitely will. I'm only My only worry is it does have an energy that's not that much. That's not a heap stronger than like Blade Runner which you didn't like very much like yeah. it's 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 not exactly sprinting from moment to moment if yeah. that makes sense it's not high energy so I know I you didn't like that I don't film need very much. things to be high energy I just need sure. to be able to be invested in the story and the world so if it's doing that then... you'll be invested in the world at the yeah, very very cool. least I think right. that's definitely where you'll be I think it's that's what's incredible to me about it, is the the texture of the world is so unique and so well realised it's mm. Mm-hmm. It's fa- it's fantastic. Um, did you like Arrival? Did you see Arrival? Yeah, I loved Arrival. I think yeah, we Arrival saw it was, together. I think we might have actually. Arrival was fucking great. Yeah, that was and good. So I'm pretty much on board for anything Villano does at this point. And uh, June is no exception. Looking forward to part two whenever that arrives. Now, I is that June or yes. Dune? It depends who you ask. Both <laughs> are acceptable. Okay. Uh, what do you think it is? Dune or June? Well, I naturally say June, but I accept that it is Dune. I feel like if it's a sand dune, but this it's is a sand dune, dune. but then this, this is dune. dune. <laughs> I don't know. But are they? To- is dune in reference to the dunes in Dune? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The, the dune is in reference to the dunes in Dune. Yeah. So therefore, it is Dune. If you're in <laughs> sure, Australia, sure. I'm trying to remember what the name of the the planet. The actual planet has a name, but also goes by Dune. Right. Uh, I can't remember what it is already. Anyway. Uh, that's not important. Thank you for listening to this episode. <laughs> is there anything else? I feel like I just dominated this podcast. Is no, I mean, I wish I had more to say, but yeah, I've just been off my feet at the moment. So I haven't had time to really watch anything, but I'm glad that you've had a final time. I have. I I'm really having a good time getting back to the movies. Um, I feel like I'm making up for a lot of lost time. Yeah. I've enough. already got three or four more outings planned, basically. It's good stuff. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of Off Topic Hot Topic. We'll be back next week with our review of The Great Season 2. Uh, we will see you then. Bye for now. Bye. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.